You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 72 of the podcast. Uh, We are your hosts, Cody, Melbourne, and Abrams with you. And this episode, we're going to be kicking it off with our cap or no cap segment, as we always do. Third consecutive episode for that. And also, uh, three most disappointing starts so far in this 2020-21 NHL season. But first, let's say hello to the fellas, the co-hosts, Chad Melbourne and Casey Abrams. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Well, starting to feel a little hopeful uh, for the first time in a year because they're starting to lighten up on the uh, restrictions around where I'm from, at least. Not uh, not for you boys in Brockville for another week or two, but starting to look a little better. Yeah, that's for sure. Things are looking up, which is fantastic. Um, I'm doing well. I had a great weekend, and it had nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Surprisingly, I might be one of the only people uh, who can say that. I had a great weekend, though, because the Maple Leafs beat up on the Vancouver Canucks. Like, it was a bloodbath, and I'm watching here right now, and it's already one nothing. So here we go again. Three in a row, hopefully, for the Maple Leafs. I am very happy about this team. Harper, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, like you said, a great weekend playing some pond hockey uh, with some guys. And um, yeah, no, great to great to see the announcement from Premier Doug Ford today. Definitely light at the end of the tunnel. We've said that before. But then I feel like, you know, we we, we kind of lost it there for a bit. So some good news. That's great. And uh, I'm doing well, boys. It's great to be chatting with you again this week. Um, okay, so let's get into our cap or no cap segment once again to kick off the podcast here episode 72 it's now time for cap or no cap on boys in the booth um and we'll start with this one Tony D'Angelo will get another chance from an NHL team this season cap or no cap case uh, cap, absolute no chance. The guy has had, you know, allegations when he was in junior and allegations when he was with, uh, I think it was Arizona or one of the other teams he's with. And now he's, you know, starting fights with his own goalie. Like the last guy you ever get into their head is your goalie. And he did that. And, uh, you know, their GM saying that he's never going to play another game for them. How how can another GM in the leagues uh, say, you know, oh, I'm going to take a shot on him. Maybe I can change him. Maybe I can make him a little better. I don't think there's any coach that can uh, straighten this guy out nowadays. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to beg to differ, although, you know, I, I do agree to a certain extent. But I'm going to say no cap. I think he's going to get another chance in the NHL. I don't think he deserves another shot in the NHL, but I think he's going to get another chance simply because he's too valuable. This guy can score 60 points in an NHL season. He's a PR nightmare, though, as we know. So I think there are going to have to be some, some really strict ground rules as a general manager that you're going to have to lay down if you're going to bring in a guy like Tony D'Angelo. But I think, you know, if if anybody is going to give this guy a second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth chance uh, to make his impact in the NHL, it's going to be somebody from the old boys club who's a general manager right now. And I know there's about four or five teams who are kicking tires right now trying to, uh, to, to get a hold of this guy. So, yeah, I think he's just too valuable not to have another shot in the NHL. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that I could definitely see it. I think if he gets another shot, uh, he should still sharpen up on his Russian because it won't be long until he's there. Yeah, that's also a good point. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he could certainly end up in the KHL, that's for sure. The talent on the ice is there, but off the ice, uh, d- just too much baggage comes with Tony D'Angelo. So, okay, we'll move on to uh, Jim Benning. Won't be back as general manager of the Vancouver Canucks next season. Cap or no cap? Chad? I'm going to say no cap. I think, yeah, he he won't be back. And I think there's, you know, a, a lot of reasons for why. You look at the Vancouver Canucks now and how they're performing. But, um, you know, you look at that and you think to yourself, okay, you ask the question, why is this happening? And every time it doesn't come down to, okay, our players are underperforming. We're not getting the goaltending. Our defense isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. All of those are true. But at the end of the day, it comes down to poor cap management, losing Tyler Toffoli, losing Tanev, losing Markstrom, all these guys who made it an immediate and huge uh, substantial impact on your team and, and just the poor cap management from Jim Benning just is not a good look. So I think there's no chance he comes back as GM of this team next season. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say cap, go the other way with it, because I don't think that you can let one off season ruin a GM, especially one that's laid such great groundwork in Vancouver. And that has really, you know, like kicked off this, this dynasty that I see happening within the next three or four years. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say they stick around with them and uh, hope you can make a couple moves to rewrite the, uh, the ship here. Yeah, you'd certainly yeah. like to see that. Um, I will say that his drafting has been very good. I mean, getting Elias Pettersson, not too bad. But um, I will say, you look at their bottom six, and they have more money tied up in their bottom six forwards <clears throat> than the Leafs do in their big four. So in, in terms of cap management, like so many people point to Kyle Dubas, and obviously I'm a Leaf fan, so that's what I go to immediately. But so many people point to that team and say that was poor cap management, but who would you rather have for $40 million, the Vancouver Canucks bottom six or four of the best 20 players in the NHL? So, Yeah, and, and the good thing for the Vancouver Canucks is that uh, a couple of players are coming off the books uh, at the end of this season. Sven Berchi, who has been mostly in the American Hockey League with the U- uh, with the Utica Comets, who, who just got going over the weekend. They played Rochester there and, and won. And also... Uh, Brandon Sutter, he comes off the books after this year as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see what happens. Canucks are struggling right now. And, okay, moving on to our last one for cap or no cap here on the podcast, episode 72. Sam Bennett won't be traded 
by the Calgary Flames and continue to play with Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan. Cap or no cap, guys, scored that game-winning goal in the Flames' 6-4 win over the Oilers on the weekend case. (laughs) Sorry, which way am I taking this? Cap, he uh, stays, no cap, he leaves? That's right. Okay, cap, because uh, I think that uh, there's too much value there. Um, I don't really know what they expect to get in return uh, for a trade like him and really where they need to start patching up. Um, I think that he, he's too valuable as an identity player. And now that maybe he's he's getting a little more playing time, a little more limelight and actually going to start producing because he's not playing on the bottom line. I think that uh, we're going to see some some positive changes here for Sam Bennett. I think he sticks around. Yeah, Case, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to say cap as well. Sam Bennett stays put in Calgary, even though uh, selfishly I would love to see him in a Maple Leafs jersey, but I just think he's too valuable. You know, he was a very high pick and he hasn't quite panned out to to what you expected him to be. So they, they know the talent level is there. They know the compete level is there. We saw it in the playoffs last year, for Christ's sake. The guy competes. So I think there's a lot there. And right now you might be selling low if you make a trade. So I think you wait it out with a guy like this. You know, it's not like they're in desperate need of, of help in other positions. They're a good team. They're a solid team. And I think with, with Sam Bennett, and as long as he's happy there, obviously we don't know what's going on in the background, but as long as he's happy, I think uh, uh, Calgary can be a happy team and they can keep going with Sam Bennett. Yeah, it's interesting. There's an article uh, over at tsn.ca today on the front page that says, you know, is Sam Bennett finally the the winger that uh, that Sean Monahan and Johnny Goudreau have kind of been waiting to play uh, to play with in Calgary? So, um, you know, look good with them over the weekend. That six four win over Edmonton, as I mentioned, uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Support for the Boys in the Booth podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Big news, Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Well, look, guys, I was about to head out the door one day to pick up some groceries, and I'm like, geez, I got some bad BO. I can't go out in public smelling like this, but I was able to use Manscaped's new refined cologne signature scent, and uh, it completes the perfect package 3.0. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, the signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. Mm. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Your balls and body will thank you. So right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code BITB20. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. 
And there we go. There is another cap or no cap segment here on the podcast. Now we're going to move on to three most disappointing starts so far uh, in this NHL season. And uh, Case, we'll go to you first uh, with yours. I know you got a couple of uh, honorable mentions as well. Yeah, of course, I, I can't you know make up my mind, so I always have a couple honor, honorable mentions here. Uh, my first one that I want to say is mostly because the other guy is doing so well in his trade. Um, Max Domi, to me, has been a, a major disappointment in Columbus so far, at least production-wise. I haven't really watched him you know, on the defense or whatever because I just don't watch Columbus. Yeah. Um, this next one, might as well make it a re- uh, recurring segment. Is the Bobrovsky contract worth it yet? No, he still has not played the way he used to be. And uh, now we're, we're seeing uh, Dreiger, Dreiger, Dreiger be- become one of the best. Chris Dreiger. Dreiger, yeah. Dreiger yep. <laughs> become one of the best backup <laughs> goalies in the league from out of nowhere because yeah. Officer Bob still not performing for that contract. Um, my third and final honorable mention is the NHL. Uh, I think that they've really blown it so far on the COVID protocols. Uh, they should never have let New Jersey and Buffalo play that game. And this is a, it's been a catastrophe ever since. Uh, they didn't fill in Buffalo on any uh, information. They went ahead and played the game. And now both the, both the teams are, are suspended. Devils have 19 guys on the COVID protocol list. Buffalo keeps adding them still. Um, and on top of that, I don't know the number now, but the last time I looked, 29 games postponed already due to COVID uh, protocols. So, you know, I, they, they seem to be making some some changes, such as taking the glass out behind the bench, which I actually do think is a good idea. Makes and sense. putting some uh, air filters yeah. back there. But it's just too little too late. And when you can see the NFL made it all the way through the season, and I am starting to believe that the NHL will not make it all the way through, it's uh, it's not a good sign. Yeah, so, Case, just before you get into your main one, I wanted to jump in here too. Sure. couple things. First, on the COVID thing, um, and I was talking to Harper about this the other day, um, off the air, obviously. The difference with between hockey and football, and it sucks because like this is the sport we love and this is how it's played, is that cold air does not rise and so when you're playing in a, in a cold environment it just kind of sits there so when there's no circulation like it, the covid particles or whatever just sit there and like so that's that's got to play a factor i'm no scientist but i think that's got to be a, a factor in that second talking about you mentioned how the nhl has done a terrible job and and the game between uh the uh, the devils and, and the sabers should have been canceled beforehand and they didn't tell buffalo about anything well apparently too buffalo execs like reached out to the nhl and said what's going on and like they didn't provide any information as well so that is a terrible look well they noticed that on the thursday travis ajak was added to the protocol um and then they played saturday and saturday night kyle palmieri was added to the covid protocol list and then they played sunday and then a slew of players ratted for the Devils and then Taylor yeah. Hall risked the line in and then the snowball happened and here we are. Both of these teams postponed until, uh, well, the Devils was supposed to be Thursday, but now it's looking more like Monday and then that will be postponed and eventually the Devils are going to be playing three games in three nights at the end of this season. 
Yeah, I'll tell you who I'm worried about, though. I'm not worried about the players because they're some of the best athletes in the entire world. I'm worried about coaches. And a guy like Ralph Kruger, Harb, we talked about the other day, he got diagnosed in a confirmed case of COVID. He's an older guy. I'm sure he's in great shape. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, like, you know, it it does affect older people differently and and sort of hits harder. So I'm worried about the coaches through all of this. So that kind of sucks right there, too. So. No, it certainly does. Uh, Ralph Kruger is is 61 years old and he keeps himself in, in excellent shape. But, you know, Elliot Friedman was talking about this. And yeah, there's other older coaches around the league, guys like Rick Bonus as well mm-hmm. in Dallas. Uh, he's another one at risk and they were late getting their season started. You know, what if there's another outbreak there? And and uh, just looking at the Sabres COVID protocol list, uh, Rasmus Dallin, guys, was, was just added to that list today. So that's that's now nine uh, for Buffalo, and like you said, case nineteen for for New Jersey, and in total four NHL teams. Right, we've got the Sabers and Devils, Avalanche and Minnesota Wild, all in COVID protocol right now. So that's a little bit concerning. Uh, the NHL has got to do a better job to rectify this. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's those are my honorable mentions. And now to the to the meat of it. Um, it's funny, I, I looked at kind of the standings because I, I really did want to talk about a team as my biggest disappointment so far as a, as a start. And it was kind of tough at first because it, it's kind of shaking out how we expected it for the most part. And then it's very tight in most divisions other than uh, perhaps the North where two teams are kind of buzzing right now. Maybe Winnipeg's in there as well. Um, so I started looking at, at some certain players that I was disappointed in as their start. And then I kind of caught a theme where um, at least two or three of them were from one one team. And I went, okay, let's go with it. So we did rank these guys at uh, coming fourth and making the playoffs this season. And they're in fourth right now and they're making the playoffs so far at, you know, at this early point, but we did not expect them to have more regulation losses than wins. And that is the Edmonton Oilers who are currently six and seven in the North division. And guys, I've just got so many problems with this team because honestly, it could be the biggest disappointment in the last decade, the Edmonton Oilers, how they can just not figure it out. And, uh, it kind of starts in the in the net right now for me, where Koskinen is not living up to that four point five million dollar contract. Also, having to play them him twelve of thirteen games because Mike Smith was hurt is <laughs> was Brutal. was not favorable for them Brutal. at all, and it has not worked out <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, Stuart Skinner uh, did get you know one start in there and, and got lit up. So uh, that was unfortunate he's not for ready. him. He's not ready. He's just not NHL. ready. Yeah, for sure. No. So that's where it starts with me. And then, you know, the bottom six of this team is just porous. And they're they're a liability every time they're on the ice. Uh, Joju Kara, who we've actually seen be good in the bottom six before, he's got like a, a relative Corsi of like 28. He's absolutely terrible. And that's starting in the offensive zone 56% of the time. Wow. So it's not like he's just playing the shitty minutes and you know they've they don't have a solidified bottom six they've had guys coming in and out of the lineup they're all played like six five four games and there's just been a handful of them and then there's a couple other guys who are who are just not living up to it for me and that's Paul Y harvey who you know we were kind of giving a, a second maybe third chance here and, and we really needed to step up and you know 
you'd think playing with McDavid you could produce, but he still hasn't uh, hasn't been that guy yet. And then another one who you know is looking for a change of scenery and has just not lived up to it is Kyle Turris, who in 13 yep. mm-hmm. games has three points and is a minus 10 right now. Just uh, not living up to that that third line center role where we kind of thought that you know he he'd add a little depth scoring and it's just not been the case. And, uh, you know, my, my final disappointment in this team is that you have a guy scoring at two points per game through 13 games, and you have another one who's just not far behind with, like, one less point or two less points. McDavid and Dreisaitl are tearing up as usual, and this team is still losing games. It's ridiculous. You know, I can think of uh, two or three other players that I've been I've been happy with out there. Darnell Nurse is having a season so far. Um, yeah. Yamamoto, no surprise, is doing well. And uh, I'm going to throw Ethan Bear in there, but now he's on the uh, injury reserve. So not a lot of good things going for this team. And uh, one more disappointment is that they have just not used Evan Bouchard yet, who... Yeah we've seen be good so a lot of disappointments here for me for Edmonton um those are all my reasons what do you guys think there's there's a lot there so I'll jump in (laughs) and unpack a little bit of it first um the first thing I wanted to mention was um Kyle Turris and obviously you bring in a guy like Kyle Turris to give you some depth scoring you don't bring in Kyle Turris to play defense or to you know be be a shutdown center that's just not who he is he's never been that guy he he scores he he gets points but he's just not doing it this year and that's that's frustrating to see as an Oilers fan because this offseason at least on paper was pretty good for them they brought in a lot of guys who were expected to provide depth scoring and they've gotten absolutely none of it so it, it it's just frustrating to see you mentioned Puliarvi as well that's a guy who was just under a point per game in the Finnish Liga um, over his last one and a half two seasons and was expected to come in maybe play a third line or maybe even play in the top six sort of a middle six role and and, and score some points and he's just not doing it and he doesn't look very comfortable out there I know like he's sort of playing a bit gritty which i you like to see but at the end of the day you need more than two guys who can score so mm-hmm. it's just frustrating well, to see chad one place they found some depth scoring which is in a position that you didn't really need it and that's uh that's tyson berry who's actually yeah. producing for this team as well but man this is a back end that you needed to patch up with some defense i think you know chris Rus- russell is kind of porous back there and and uh um, you're down Clefbaum and and we know how Adam Larson's been in the last three or four years. So it's just, it's like, yeah, you got some death scoring and Tyson Berry, but I bet you wish he could play for some defense for you. Let me, let me present a, a caveat with Tyson Berry's production. Anyone could quarterback a power play to pass the puck to McDavid to go end to end to pass to dry and score. Like yeah. he, I, I haven't seen the numbers, but I can't imagine he's producing at five on five as much as they would like him to, or maybe even, you know, a forward maybe to do so. So like I, I look at this team and I was actually like laughing, talking to Steve yesterday about my, our buddy, Steve, I, I was legit laughing because we were like, okay, how many games are we into the season? Okay, like 12, 13, most teams. And Steve asked me, he's like, how many points does McDavid have? And I was like, I don't know, like 30 probably, like joking. 
The guy's got 26 points in 13 games, man. Like, it's a joke. The guy's going to score 100 points this season, maybe, in a 56-game season. He's on pace to do so right now, and so is Dreisaitl. If that happens and they don't make the playoffs, that will be absolutely embarrassing for this Edmonton Oilers organization because, come on, you have two players just Fill in around them. You need guys to produce. Like Kyle Turris, we mentioned, got to produce. Pugliarvi, got to produce. You need to 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 bring in guys to support these top two. It's it's so frustrating, and I'm not even a fan of the team. Could you imagine if I was an Oilers fan? Oh, my God. Well, how many times have we talked about depth scoring, and how many times have we mentioned, you know, like score by committee just mm-hmm. in general? It's... It's uh, really important nowadays, and obviously it's not working with two absolute studs. Like, let's take McDavid and Dreisaitl and put them on the Devils and see what happens, right? Like, the Devils' bottom six was the, <laughs> the group that was producing for them before this break. So it's uh, it's amazing that the, the formula is just not working in Edmonton. Yeah, as of today, Connor McDavid is on pace for 112 points. So there you go. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's a joke. It's ridiculous. Not enough depth there. Uh, another important note, I think, is uh, Alex Chason placed on waivers last yeah. week by the Oilers. And he was a 20-goal scorer for them a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up as well. It's like even the guys that they somehow found some magic and, and got scoring for them, it's not working anymore. It's uh, it's funny. Yeah, well, and Tyler Annis is another guy who hasn't had a particularly fantastic start to the season. Also placed on waivers, didn't get claims, so he's back up with the team. So that's another guy who you expect, you know, former 20-goal scorer, you expect to at least contribute and just hasn't been doing so. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a joke, man. Like, this team has the potential to be so good and who knows maybe with Mike Smith coming back and like trust me I'm not the biggest Mike Smith fan but having your goaltender play 12 of 13 games isn't necessarily a recipe for success when you're providing average goaltending uh, at best this season so far from Koskinen so Mm -hmm. who knows man what like good thing they're in a weak division because if they weren't they would be getting buried right now by other teams so Good, uh, good stuff there, Case and uh, Chad. We'll move on to your biggest disappointment so far this season. Sure. So, my biggest disappointment is similar to Case, although I don't have any uh, honorable mentions. But it's similar in the sense that it's a team that uh, I sort of expected more from, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, on our rankings, we slotted the Pittsburgh Penguins in in the fifth spot in their division, missing the playoffs. And I didn't like that. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. You can go back and listen to that episode. I was kind of not frustrated, but like I just find it so hard to bet against this team when they have the big three Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. So, those players this season have been lackluster. That's one of the things I want to talk about. Lackluster offense for this team and goaltending. Those are the two things I want to talk about for sure. But uh, just to, to before we go into this, they've got a 5-5-1 five, five, and one record through 11 games played. Uh, they're currently sitting in the fourth spot in this division. So if you actually look at you know our rankings, I guess compared to where they are, they're technically overperforming. But uh, anyways, that's something uh, you know that can be a whole conversation. But so yeah, they're sitting in the fourth spot. 
Um, they haven't been good. I just find it hard to bet against Crosby and Malkin, though. I don't think their cup window is closed yet. Um, but like I said, the tough thing for them this season is that they've gotten terrible goaltending and lackluster offense. And so let, let me start with the goaltending and uh, then you guys can jump in. We can talk about the goaltending a bit and then I want to talk about the offense and, and then we can we can chat about it, too. So. Let's talk about the goaltending. You know, they've got that tandem of Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith, uh, obviously after moving Matt Murray uh, to the Ottawa Senators and didn't give him a new contract. Well, it has not worked out for the second time for the Pittsburgh Penguins in moving their starting goaltender, bringing in uh, uh, some a younger who they player who they thought was capable. So um, Tristan Jari has an 857 save percentage and a 395 goals against average in seven games played this season. Casey DeSmith, on the other hand, not much better, but I guess you could say marginally better. He has an 882 save and a 285 goals against in five games played this season. In terms of advanced stats, you look at moneypuck.com and, and their stats, saves above expected average. That's the amount of saves a goaltender is expected to make above or has made above the average goaltender uh, in the NHL. So Tristan Jari has been the absolute worst in that stat in the NHL this season out of all goalies who have played at least six games. So that's all starting goalies and a handful of backups as well. So he's allowed almost three more goals than a league average NHL goalie is expected to make and that might not seem like a lot but when you're getting this low quality uh, goaltending on a team who frankly gives up a ton of high danger shots that is a recipe for disaster and I'll, I'll mention too that Casey DeSmith has been below league average as well in that same category so what are your guys thoughts on the goaltending this year in Pittsburgh I think it's been absolutely abysmal and we had question marks about this going into the season and that might be one of the big reasons why we put them at number five missing the playoffs but I, I'm interested in hearing your guys thoughts on that I definitely had a little more hope for them going in. If, if you listen back to the episode, I certainly did. And uh, it's a, a guy I wish was succeeding in Tristan Jerry, but it hasn't turned out that way so far. And I know that uh, that was a big point for Harp talking about this team, uh, talk about these two goalies and, and what it's going to look like this year. Yeah, no, definitely. And we just didn't know, like Jari in his first season put up some solid numbers, but what are we going to get once once uh, the team makes a commitment to him for a couple of years and, and a few million dollars? We just don't know. Matt Murray is starting to come on a little bit with, with, uh, with the Ottawa Senators, and Jari has really struggled. And guys, you have to wonder uh, if the new general manager, whoever that is, to come into Pittsburgh, um, got a chuckle out of uh, hearing that Ronnie Francis, or not Ron Francis, sorry, Ron Hextall uh, got an interview with the team considering uh, the fact yeah. that he was a longtime Philadelphia Flyer. But um, whoever comes in there, do they look at maybe bringing back Marc-Andre Fleury? You know, we've heard the trade rumors um, with uh, with him because of the cap situation in Vegas. I don't know. Maybe that helps. But like you said, Chad, a great point by you. This is the second time they've dealt a, a starting goaltender out of the organization, and it just has not worked out for and them. Chad, do you think that maybe that has something to do with the fact that, A, this is usually a pretty good defensive team um, and, you know, 
it's it's pretty easy to play defense when you're in the uh, ozone the whole game mm-hmm. um and then on top of that playing as a backup you're usually getting you know the easier games and you know the the second nights on back-to-backs and stuff like that or sorry the first night and uh you know, maybe that's just the case of why Tristan Jari was playing so good and same as Matt Murray. And now they both get traded and as starters, it's not working. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a factor in play right now. You know, as a backup goaltender, you definitely get lighter work, not only in, in the quantity of games played, but in the quality as well. So that's that's definitely a factor. And just going back to uh, that money puck stat that I brought up, you know, saves above expected average. Uh, Jari, as I mentioned, has been the absolute worst. You know who's been the third worst in the NHL this year? Matt Murray. So there's two former, well, one's a current Pittsburgh Penguin goalie, but uh, two Pittsburgh Penguin goalies who just have not uh, had it work out as starters so far. And personally, I have a lot more faith in Matt Murray. I think he's on a way worse team than uh, Tristan Jari is right now. But uh, anyways, that's a the Matt Murray conversation is a topic for another day. The next thing I wanted to get into with the Pittsburgh Penguins that I've just been so disappointed in is their lackluster offense, as I mentioned. And that starts with one of their one of the best players in the league, frankly, and, and that's Evgeny Malkin. He has two goals, four assists, and six points in just eleven games played, and it's just not good enough. It's not good enough from, like I said, one of the best players in the NHL over the last five years. And frankly, he's on my fantasy team too, and this is why I've been paying so much attention to him because he's not getting me any points and it's freaking me out. And I want to <laughs> trade him, but I want to also hold on to him because I know he's going to break out. Um, so I'll go into some stats about Evgeny Malkin. He just hasn't been good enough, as I mentioned. Um, you go to moneypuck.com's player categories, and it sounds like I'm plugging MoneyPuck right now, but they just, they've just got the easiest, you know, advanced stats, you know, easy to access, easy to use, easy to understand and everything. So MoneyPuck com. They have player categories for each team, and Malkin has been in the quote-unquote bad category, meaning that both his expected goals and his actual goals per 60 have both been very low. Um, but as I mentioned, he's one of the best players in the league, and this just won't last. I've just been very disappointed in his start. Malkin last season, in 55 games played, had 74 points. Okay, good players don't just fall off like this. Like good players don't go from having, you know, scoring at a 90 point pace to scoring at a 40 point pace. Like he'll figure it out. But like I said, I've just been super disappointed. Um, More on Malkin between 2015 and 2020. He's third in NHL points per game, only behind McDavid and Kucherov. Uh, Ever heard of him? So this guy's good. I'm, I'm not saying that he's, he's a bad player. He's just had a very frustrating start so far. And frankly, that whole line has. The Zucker, Malkin, Kapanen line um, has actually been the ninth worst line in the NHL in terms of expected goals for this season. And, and that's of lines who have played more than 60 minutes together. So just some, some bad numbers to look at. Both surface level numbers and advanced stats all show that, that this line and Malkin in general has been very bad offensively and defensively not getting any chances sort of just making no impact on the game and this certainly can't last very long but it's just been super disappointing so far your guys' thoughts on that you know what this sounds like so far something we joked about before what's that the Barkov effect 
Yeah. It's what's happening to Evgeny Malkin, where a guy is so underrated for so long that he starts to become overrated. And he's talked about as like a, a top 10 player in the league, even though he's getting up there in age. And now it's just starting to catch up with him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You know, take that as it is, because both those players are fantastic and deserve the hype that they got. But yeah. it started to get a little much last year for me about Malkin and uh, now we're seeing it. Well, I think the hype for Malkin last season came because Crosby missed time, right? And they were still winning, and Malkin was putting up a lot of points. So anecdotally, it was easy to to watch games and say, oh my God, Malkin is so good. He's still so good. But then also, too, like I, like I mentioned earlier, look at the numbers. Third in NHL points per game, uh, players who have played over 100 games in the last five years. So that is, it's it's an incredible stat. Like, th- like this guy is fantastic. I wouldn't say, maybe he got overrated a little bit last season because of, of, of the anecdotal evidence and watching the games and having Crosby being out but man like I, I just don't under I don't think that he's fallen off I don't think that there's a way that he can go from a 90 point pace to a 40 point pace I just it, it, it's just crazy to me like something's got to give you know mm. Well, they, they certainly need more out of guys like, uh, you know, you're looking at the Jake Gensels and the Brian Rusts uh, to really step up for this team offensively. And then in the bottom six, I just don't know, other than Brandon Tanev, who has played pretty well for them so far this season, they don't have a whole heck of a lot. And guys, not to beat down on Jim Rutherford anymore, who, of course, is out of the organization now, but some of the moves, Case, like you said, um, you know, that led to... to to his departure i know that he resigned but uh, some really questionable moves and one of them came in this offseason they lost patrick hornquist uh, to yeah. the to the florida panthers for michael matheson matheson struggled in florida after getting that big ticket there and uh and and he has struggled so far in pittsburgh he's now out of the lineup with an injury and hornquist has fit right in with the panthers is a point per game player so far so again that is another other miss and directly impacts the the struggling forward group in Pittsburgh. Uh, directly impacts of Kenny Malkin. Like how many minutes of yeah, those guys played together true. in the last five years uh, uh, in that point per game uh, stat that you mentioned? Yeah, that's true. No. It, and another thing too, like Capitan missed the first like three or four games of the season, so maybe there's some chemistry issues going on there. Zucker hasn't been on this team very long. I mean, in terms of actual days, he has, but in terms of games played, really, he hasn't. So there's, you know, I think there might be some chemistry issues going. Crosby, I think, has nine points in eleven games or something like that, eight points maybe. So he's there. He's he's okay. You expect more from from really everybody on. On this team offensively but for me the standout has been Evgeny Malkin so far one more before we move on one more point before yeah. we move on to harps here is one from uh, way back at the beginning of this uh you mentioned that they're in the fourth or fifth spot they're, they're they in fourth, fourth right now yeah they're in fourth right now but they're one point ahead be of every team behind them so yeah well. <laughs> and they've played uh one more game yeah so there you go 
One uh, one bright spot about the Penguins, if you're looking for some sort of injection of youth into this lineup, uh, P.O. Joseph uh, has looked very good so far, scored a beautiful goal for his first in the National Hockey League the other night against the New York Islanders. So uh, that is a positive for the Penguins for sure. Great stuff, Chad. We'll move on to my biggest disappointment. So I've got one, and then I've got an honorable mention. And boys, there's one theme here. It's guys on big tickets that have not lived up uh, to their deals again this season. And uh, I will start with my biggest disappointment so far. That is the Nashville Predators. And uh, they are seventh in the Central right now with 10 points. Guys, four points behind the Chicago Blackhawks. Did we really see that coming when we were doing our season previews uh, before before the start? So, um, yeah, that is where they are in the standings. And sorry, go uh, jump in there, Case. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find my my list right now, but I think I had Nashville in sixth. So I'm a little surprised that Chicago's, uh, Chicago's ahead of them, but I'm not shocked that Nashville's not very good, boys. Yeah, I also think I had Nashville at six because we had Detroit and Chicago flip-flopping for the bottom two spots, right? And then I think it was Nashville. What we, can, what we can say is this is a very tight division and – a very talented division so far. So let's yeah. hear yeah. Well, yeah, it, and and you know, it, like I said, Nashville is not the main part of this, but it's it's two guys making eight million dollars on this hockey team. Uh, Matt Duchesne, two goals and five points in eleven games. Uh, took him till that uh, that comeback uh, win over the Florida Panthers last week for him to get his first two goals of the season, I believe. Uh, and and yeah, he's got six years left on that deal, making eight million dollars a year. And then Ryan Johansson is the other guy there who is now week to week with an upper body injury he's got zero goals and four points in 10 games and he has five years left on his deal at eight million dollars a season so these guys are a big part of that offense and they're just they're not producing once again boys so that's why i have the nashville predators there because they're such a big part of this hockey team but like i said it's guys on big tickets and you look at those guys right there combined making 16 million dollars on the predators Pay, uh, payroll and they're not uh, they're not producing you're so right harp and we sound like a broken record talking about nashville because every time we do you know there's two things you mentioned it's uh, fantastic decor and they need to score goals and you know the three guys you look for on this team to score goals while well, two of them aren't doing it and the, the guys you just mentioned philip forsberg living up to it finally here um but yeah, yeah. Harp, those are two big tickets and uh it, it's the guys you need scoring on your team yeah, absolutely. I think you guys pretty much said it all, said that all, all that needed to be said. Like, these guys aren't producing. You need them to if you're going to be good. Um, Nashville doesn't exactly have the best goaltending anymore like they once did, you know, so that's not something that they can rely on, you know, their back end and, and their goaltending. Um, so, yeah, you, you need to score some goals, and they just aren't getting it done. So that's that's definitely a big disappointment so far. One honorable mention, guys, and uh, you guys will will laugh at this one, uh, but that's that's Jeff Skinner I was of the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, and <laughs> you know another guy on a big ticket actually making more 
than than Duchesne and Johansson, which is pretty wild. Nine million a season for the next seven years, guys. Zero goals, one assist in ten games, playing on the fourth line with Curtis Lazar and Riley Sheehan at the moment. And you know what? Why? You can't even you can't even say that. Uh, oh well, it's because he's playing with Cur- with Curtis Lazar, or whatever. Guys, Curtis Lazar has three goals on the year so far, uh, so he he's got more goals than all three of these guys all together, actually. But he's got more than Skinner on that big ticket, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, Kruger is just there. I don't know. I I just don't know. Kruger does not uh, does not think he should be playing up in the lineup. <laughs> he's got he's he's been getting those chances. Um, but it's just not going in the back of the net for him. Case, I know you want to jump in here. Sorry. Oh, buddy, I I, I got to give you a lot of respect here because it takes a lot of balls to to you know talk shit about your own team, especially to Chad and I because you know we give you a hard time. And I got to <laughs> give you a lot of respect because I was looking at our predictions and I said the one that is definitely you know underperforming compared to where we had them is Buffalo, and I was like he's probably not going to bring them up. But you brought up Jeff Skinner, and I'll, I'll I'll give you the respect for that because yes, that is definitely an <laughs> underperformance, and uh, you know it's one that we we said needed to change for this season, and, and it didn't. And I, I'm with you, Harp. That's a that's a great honorable mention and uh, a lot of money. Man, yeah. I'll tell you right now, if if I'm Buffalo Sabers management right now, one guy has to go. It's either Ralph Kruger. Or Jeff Skinner. It's one of them. It's one of the two guys. And yeah. if, if if one of them doesn't go, then this is just not going to work. And if I'm Ralph Kruger, uh, I am taking Jeff Skinner and I'm putting him on a line with Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall and putting him on for eight out of ten penalty minutes. Like just yeah, put him on the power play, put him with the best guys until something starts clicking. Because a guy like that, when he's hot, it, he's going to be hot. So yeah. <laughs> you got to spark something, and it's not going to happen playing on the fourth line. Yeah, well, I, I just Kruger. Uh, it's it's been written in the Athletic. I know John Vogel, who who covers the Buffalo Sabers as a beat writer for the Athletic. He has said that Kruger wants Skinner to basically drive his own line, and there's clearly. Stupid. There, there's clearly a misconception there. And by the way, I, I think the world of Ralph Kruger. And by the way, I wish him all the best uh, in his recovery, dealing with the virus and all of that. But clearly there is a misconception here. Uh, he worked under Phil Housley. It worked out because he was playing with Jack Eichel. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that there hasn't been more of an effort made to put him with Eric Stahl, his former teammate in Carolina. Yes, that's on the power play. Dylan Cousins is obviously developing some chemistry there, but you just, you got to try it, you know, and uh, I've seen Ralph. He's, he's juggled the lineup quite a bit so far. Um, but Skinner is just the one guy who just kind of stays on that fourth line is getting some chances, but not putting the puck in the back of the net. So clearly there's a misconception there uh, between the head coach and the player. And yeah, again, it's just not working out and he's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. Incredible. That's an understatement. Incredible. (laughs) That's right. Um, 
Okay, boys. Well, well, that was great. Uh, there you go. So cap or no cap and uh, three most disappointing starts so far for this 2020-21 NHL season. Before we go, guys, I just wanted to mention really quickly uh, the Bell Media layoffs last week. Uh, really tough. Obviously, that is the company that I work for um, and uh, a little bit concerning. You know, obviously, some some very talented people were let go. Natasha Stanishevsky. Brent Wallace, who covered the Ottawa Senators, I, I saw him in Ottawa a couple of times in front of the of the Canadian Tire Center uh, when I was there, either going for a game or working uh, working a concert that night or something. Um, and so he was let go. And then, uh, especially Jay and Dan, and uh, you know Jay on right with some emotional remarks this morning on TSN. I don't know how he kept it together there at the end talking about Dan O'Toole. But guys, I just uh, wanted to ask you know for a few thoughts on Jay and Dan over the years, a show that we all watched on TSN. Yeah, I, I used to wake up early for school, which like I don't wake up early for anything nowadays. And I would wake up extra early for school to watch Jay and Dan, not once, but twice, the same yeah. episode, two times in a row before I caught the bus. Um, and yeah, it was it was a, a long streak there where we didn't have them on the air. Uh, and and then there's a big you know uproar to bring them back, and we got them back, and and now that's being uh, uh, torn down again. And you know I, I feel bad because I don't have uh, satellite, so I, I can't watch him and and help their numbers. But uh, I guess that's uh, that's just the business. Yeah, it's it's the nature of the beast. In case I I just want to say that I agree with a, a lot of what you say what you said there about Jay and Dan. I, I love them, and by no means. Um, and, and is this a diss to the program at all? But I'm I'm gonna say it, and, and I'm gonna be open, honest, and candid here that they were better um, before they left TSN. When they came back, I and I think this is fair to say, it was less about sports and more about comedy, which is fine. They're funny guys. I love their podcast, by the way. But I think they're they're two different mediums for you know, sharing, uh, th- those kinds of things. So I would, I, I will say I preferred them in the beginning when they were on TSN, but at the same time, man, God, this sucks for, for Bell Media to lay this guy off. And, you know, we, he, he meant a lot to TSN and, and a lot of people really liked him on the air. So it's, it's frustrating and, you know, it's, it's the nature of the beast. It's the nature of these times that we're in. So it's just, uh, yeah, I, 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 and I love the guy, but I, I did want to be open and honest and say that, you know, I preferred them before. So I think that's fair to say. And I can, I can hold both views where he wasn't my absolute favorite, but I also, I also feel terrible for the guy. So. No, well said. It's it's great to be honest and, and open about these kinds of things. And regardless, it's just it's tough news and wanted to get your thoughts on it, guys. So thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, to our listeners, you know, thank you for tuning in to episode 72 here. Uh, looking forward to uh, continuing to watch uh, more NHL hockey down the stretch. And the four teams that we mentioned, uh, looking forward to getting them back into the National Hockey League. Could be as soon as Thursday. So fingers crossed for that. Thanks so much for listening again this week and uh, and take care. All the best. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. 
Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.